0: It's Doug Maurice, and we're going to do one of those Buckeye rants that I said we were going to do every now and then, sort of as a mini throw-in pod. We're not going to give you a full pod on this Monday. We gave you an extra one last week, and uh, we're just catching up on some stuff. But I do want to talk about Ryan Day and Urban Meyer and the NFL. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I'm not bringing any inside info here. I am not even attempting to talk to people about this, because situations like or like are happening with Ryan Day and some rumor. there's a report I don't to call it rumors a report on Sunday about Ryan Day and the Chicago Bears and you read the report and there's like actually not much to it which aggravates me a little bit the way it was presented but I'm not even gonna like bother to try to check with Ryan Day on something like that because you're in a situation with this coaching stuff that people don't there people can't tell you the truth and I don't I'm not that interested in having conversations that aren't real. So I want to talk about Ryan Day in the NFL and Urban Meyer in the NFL, and it's going to be my reading of tea leaves on things and just a little bit of the background knowledge I have. So if if you don't want to listen to that, then you can bail on this and that's okay. We'll be back with a full podcast on Tuesday, but... I'm going to talk about Ryan first and then Urban Meyer. All right. Jason LaConfora, who's a good NFL reporter, had this report on CBS Sports that said that Trace Armstrong, who is Ryan Day's agent and Urban Meyer's agent and an agent for a million different people, he's one of the most powerful coaching agents. There's like three or four that are really big time. He's one of them. He... Was has talked to the Chicago Bears about being like their president of football operations, a former player for the Bears. So that's where the, the Jason Lockhun for his story says sources said that, and then everything else in the story is just linking obvious facts that actually are don't cite sources. There's nothing in the report that says Ryan Day would have interest in the Chicago Bears. There's nothing. All it says is that Trace Armstrong, who used to play for the Bears and is now a high-powered agent has talked to the Bears about going there and being their president of football ops with the coach and GM reporting to him. And then it says, hey, by the way, Trace Armstrong is Ryan Day's agent, and he thinks Ryan Day is going to be a good NFL coach someday or would be. So everybody thinks that. That's not news there. He's his agent. Of course he thinks he's good. But there's and, – and like, hey, people think Ryan Day might go to the NFL – And it has a line, Day has been open to considering NFL possibilities in recent years. Well, Mike Vrabel tried to hire him as the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator before the 2018 season. So he was open to that in that he talked to them and then decided to stay and got a raise to a million bucks a year at Ohio State. And I have talked with Ryan Day about this idea that the Titans instead hired Matt LaFleur as their offensive coordinator and then Matt LaFleur was there for 1 year in Tennessee and then became the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. So I have talked to Ryan Day about the idea about hey man like there's a world where Ryan Day could be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers right now. Cuz the guy who was the second choice to Ryan Day followed that path. But when I had that that talk with Ryan Day, he didn't say it with regret. He didn't it wasn't a uh, you know, so if that's open to NFL discussions, that's true. While he was the offensive coordinator at Ohio State and not the head coach. Now, why would Ryan Day then, since then, be open to NFL discussions? He was trying to come ahead, get his program going at Ohio State. So I doubt that Ryan Day has been NFL open to NFL discussions since then. So there's a lot of fudging. There's a lot of fudging in reports like this, which kind of aggravates me as a journalist. The Tracer Armstrong thing is apparently a fact, according to sources, and all the Ryan Day stuff is fudging. So Ryan and Nina Day bounced around a little more, I think, than they would have wanted to with some of the job stuff that they tried to stay in the Northeast. They tried to stay close to home. We all know the story of how Ryan Day almost took uh, a job at Oregon with his mentor, Chip Kelly, and then turned it down after going to a birthday party for his grandpa. I've written about this stuff. Lots of people have written about Ryan Day and his family. Um... But that's real. And they wanted to find a home. And finding a home for their family in Columbus was real. Their kids, RJ, I think is about 13. He's 12 or 13. He's in middle school. He's a middle school quarterback. And then their daughters, Grace and uh, Nia, are like younger. A couple years younger than RJ. I think they're about 11 and 8. So... You have to keep in mind that coaching decisions, a lot of this stuff, the timing is based on family stuff a lot. I've heard there's enough coaches who've said, I'm not going to move my kids in high school, right? I don't want to move my kids in high school. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, I'm going to try to be as undisruptive as possible. And sometimes if you get fired, it's out of your hands. But if you're beyond the point of getting fired, you're at the point of where it's your decision, you're taking jobs, things like that come into, into play, absolutely come into play. So, On one hand, I would think RJ hasn't started high school yet. Maybe that means, well, if we're going to go, let's go now. But I also think there would be an opening for RJ to get through high school in Columbus and then maybe before Grace was in high school, right? Or maybe before Nia was. I, I mean, I'm not trying to get like too much into the family dynamics because that's personal stuff for Ryan and Nina. But I'm just telling you where things are with the family. And RJ Day is around the program all the time. He's like, he's really invested in this. And he has been since he came to a JT Barrett press conference the first year Ryan Day was here in 2017. And he was out there on senior day, fist bumping all the guys as they came out on senior day. So would Ryan Day right now, off a loss to Michigan, off what he viewed as a disappointing season, jump now? I don't see it. But I'll also tell you this, in a world where Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma and Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, let's not pretend that anything is certain. So I'm not here with news. I'm trying to add some context to this stuff. Listen, man, I'm... I think if I did a little more research, it might be that Ohio State might be the last place that has never been a stepping stone job for somebody. And stepping stone mostly means to me within the same tier that like one college to another college. If you go to the NFL, it's a little different to me, but even that hasn't happened. They have dragged these Ohio State coaches out of here for the most part. Woody would have coached till the day he died if they would have let him. Earl Bruce... Wasn't going anywhere until Ohio State told him that he was fired. John Cooper got fired, didn't coach again after that. Um, Jim Trestle, we know the deal with Jim Trestle. And we know the deal with Urban Meyer. And now here we are with Ryan Day. So I think Ryan Day would think it odd to be Ohio State's head coach for three years, not win a national title, and leave the year he lost to Michigan. I think that would be unfulfilling to him. And leave when he just had a first year starting quarterback become a Heisman finalist and leave without having a chance to develop CJ Stroud to the next level. Now listen, you're always gonna have great players and where do you draw the line and say, well, I'm gonna leave in the middle of somebody's career, because you're gonna do it to some player if you're ever gonna leave. And I do think Ryan Day will coach in the NFL someday. I think we will have this discussion someday where, oh man, the NFL's coming. Is Ryan Day gonna go? I just don't think it's now. And I wouldn't my my mind has not been changed by this report of the Bears stuff. So that's, I think that's on people's minds. When you hear this, you see this headline with the, the the Chicago Bears stuff. Trace Armstrong discussed top management position with Bears, Ohio State's Ryan Day, part of possible package. That's a stretch on that headline, man. When you read the stuff that's in there, and I'm not trying to call it a reporter. Jason LaConfora has a million more sources and has broken a million more stories than me. But I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm talking to you guys. I care what you guys think and what you guys know. I'm telling you, like, the facts don't add up within that own story. That's not what that equals. That's a Trace Armstrong story. And why would Ryan Day go somewhere just because his agent got a job somewhere? Now, why? One of them is because the one of the most important things to a head coach is, who are your bosses? Do you trust them? Do you trust your AD? Do you trust your school president? Do you trust your general manager? Do you trust your team owner? Those are huge deals. Ryan Day does trust Gene Smith, and, I, and I, it seems like Ryan Day has a, very good relationship with Christina John, M. Johnson, the new president of Ohio State. So obviously he'd have a good relationship with the GM or the head, the head guy with the Bears if it's his former agent. But I, I just I just don't think he's in a hurry, man. I just don't think he's in a hurry and I, I just don't think this is it. And I get a little aggravated when people try to, like, they try to make one plus zero equal two, right? That the Trace Armstrong's the one, but where the Ryan Day one's not there. It's like one and like, and it doesn't equal two man i'm telling you it doesn't equal two so i might be wrong on this because when it happens the way lincoln riley went down the way brian kelly went down if and when ryan day ever leaves we're not going to have a ton of warning on that right it's going to come out of nowhere and it's going to feel like it blindsides people but i'm just telling you i just don't think it's now we can play it back when i'm wrong we can play it back when i'm wrong because i'm going to tell you if he would leave now i think it would it would be odd I think it would be odd to him, and I think it would be odd to you guys, because it feels unfinished to me at this point, and what's the hurry, and why? what makes this the perfect situation? So I didn't love the headline. I wanted to add my two cents to the discussion. That's where we are. We're going to take a quick break here on Buckeye Rants, and we'll come back with my thoughts on Urban Meyer. All right, Doug Maurice back. We'll be back with the full pod on Tuesday. I think the Tuesday pod might preview signing day, which is on Wednesday. And then we're going to have, we'll get to talk to Ryan Day, probably Mark Pantoni on Wednesday at signing day. And the plan at some point is for us to be able to talk to a bunch of players sometime this week, sort of as like a bowl preview media day to get ready for the Rose Bowl. So if that happens, we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about uh, related to what we talked to the players about. But I want to talk about Urban Meyer. So Urban Meyer has turned – the league has turned against Urban Meyer. And I know a lot of you guys listening to this saw the report um, from – and people noted from NFL.com, like the, the NFL's in-house media organ, wrote a story that, that said that according to sources, Ryan uh, Urban Meyer had a meeting where he made his assistant coaches defend their resumes. And Urban Meyer said, like, I've been a winner. What have you guys done? So listen. Urban, if he was going to go to the NFL, had to change to succeed. And there's enough stories that make it seem like he hasn't changed enough. And he was so instantaneously successful at every stop in his head coaching career, from Bowling Green to Utah to Florida to Ohio State, he flipped it immediately. And the idea that Urban is hard-charging and pushes his employees really hard and holds his players to a really high standard, that's not any different. It just comes across in a different way when you're winning, as opposed to when you're one of the worst teams in the NFL. So I know I saw, and people are piling on at this point. So one of the things and I'm not defending Urban, because I think the results on the field in Jacksonville would tell you he has not done a good job. And the off-field thing that I wrote about a couple months ago was an embarrassment, and he's a grown man, and that he put himself in that position in a public place and did that is it crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy to me. And his family's tweeting the stuff about the man in the arena. Listen, he picked the job, hand-picked job, owner that loves him, number one pick in the draft. Urban's doing this to himself. But when you're not in the boys' club in the NFL, they'll turn against you really quick. I think it happened with Freddie Kitchens and the Browns. I think it's happening with Urban coming from college. I think it happens with anybody who's not an NFL lifer and is not in the club and isn't, you know, a guy who, who has worked his way up being a source of, for all the national NFL reporters and being their buddy. Now, Urban like, did that in the college level, but he doesn't know these NFL guys. And he doesn't know the NFL assistants. And Urban had trouble at Florida once his loyal assistants from the first round of hiring left him. And he has said that. And I think he doesn't have his most loyal guys around him. In Jacksonville, and for instance, Fernando Lovo, who was one of the guys that was here with him, that was a Tom Herman guy, I think. Um, but then Fernando was a uh, was guy, a guy who like kind of ran things, a staffer who ran a bunch of stuff, almost like Urban's like body man at the beginning of his Ohio State career. Then left with Tom Herman. He went. He left the college ranks to go to Jacksonville with Urban. But then he left in the middle of this year to go back to Texas. So I'm not saying that's the end-all-be-all, but and he took Ryan Stamper from Ohio State, Ryan Stamper, who had played for Urban. At Florida, then was the the player staff liaison here at Ohio State. Really important role. He followed Urban to Jacksonville, but like nobody, like Pantoni didn't go, Mick didn't go, and we knew that. So I think Urban doesn't have people around him telling him no, and I don't think people as Urban has people around him telling him he has to change. And somebody on Twitter, some of the NFL guys, a lot of the NFL reporters are taking absolute glee in. Mocking Urban Meyer and the idea that Urban Meyer is one of the most college, accomplished college football coaches of all time. And he's a joke in the NFL right now is unfortunate, but he also put himself in this position, but also I think it's gone a little overboard because lots of coaches have rough first years, but someone said, somebody was tweeting, I think it was Seth Wickersham who wrote the Tom Brady book was tweeting about how Chip Kelly went to the NFL and people think Chip Kelly didn't succeed, but Chip Kelly actually had like a lot of success, with the Philadelphia Eagles, especially compared to Urban Meyer, but that Chip Kelly was a schemer and dialed it up and was providing the Eagles a schematic advantage. That's one of the things about Urban going to the NFL. Urban's not a schemer anymore. Urban's culture, culture, culture. So Urban was never going to go there and provide a schematic advantage. He wasn't going to go there and dial up an offense that was going to win with his new ingenuity. And his game plan, he was going to go win with culture. But the problem is, if he tried to bring the college culture to the NFL, that wasn't going to work. And the idea that he would have gone and not tweaked it, not adjusted it, not changed it so you're doing this for millionaires instead of 19-year-olds blows my mind. How could that be? And the same thing, he was hard on his staff at Ohio State, man. But those guys knew that Ohio State provided them great career opportunities, great opportunities to win. And if they could survive and win as part of the Ohio State with Urban Meyer, it would help their lives and help their careers. So it was part of the deal, right? And again, boo-hoo-hoo, you're an assistant coach at Ohio State, you'll be fine. It's not the same in the NFL, man, especially if it's not your guys. So I'm not – some of the things that you hear the way that Urban is behaving – And again, he looks, he had like a blow-by handshake with Mike Vrabel after the Jaguars lost to Tennessee. You know, we sort of know that maybe by the time Mike Vrabel left um, Ohio State after working under Urban Meyer, maybe they weren't the best of friends, I don't know. But Urban's terrible at handling losing, and he has a way of pushing people that has not changed. And I think it's all building on each other. And I don't think he has the people around him to help him snap out of this. And that's a mistake, man. It's just a mistake that the structure there wasn't adjusted for the pros and was not uh, fortified to give Urban sort of the backing that he needed while he was doing something he never did before. So what's it going to mean? I don't know. Would you bail on Urban Meyer right away? They don't look very good. They look like they're not just losing. They look disorganized. They look kind of incompetent. They got shut out again. Trevor Lawrence looked like he's not developing, but it could just be a rough year one. So I don't know anything. And again, I'm not calling anybody on this. I'm just telling you what I know from knowing Urban and observing the situation. But I can't believe he would have done this to himself and not told himself, you've got to change in some way. Because all the stories sound like the same Urban Meyer to me. It's just that it's losing NFL, Urban Meyer as opposed to winning college Urban Meyer. And if you are behaving the exact same way in those two very different scenarios, you go from basically a living legend in college to a joke in the NFL. And that's where he is right now. So those are my thoughts. I didn't really rant. I I, I hope I gave you a little insight into that. I don't know. We'll be back with full podcast later in the week. Always appreciate you, uh, appreciate you guys listening and reading. By the way, my Heisman ballot was uh, one... Bryce Young, 2-8 in Hutchinson, 3 Desmond Ritter. Ritter finished 8th. And Young and Hutchinson were 1-2. I was not surprised how that went down. CJ finished 4th, like a distant 4th. Um, barely had a Much closer to 5th in Will Anderson than he was to 3rd with Kenny Pickett. So, uh, but we, we've we covered a lot of CJ this week, and Nathan did a good job covering CJ. Great job covering CJ in New York. Okay, Nathan and Stephen will be back with me um, the rest of the week. Thanks to you guys for listening to that version of Buckeye Rants. And that was Buckeye Talk.